welcome to MS podcast. Uh, in today's podcast, we're going to do again uh, in through our um, beautiful series uh, called Business Breakthrough. I have another guest. His name is Alex Aubin. If I'm saying it right, it sounds French, actually, Aubin, for some reason. I would say Aubin, but I don't know for the pronunciation. I'm sure Alex will um, <laughs> let me know. What is the correct pronunciation of your last name? He's a digital marketing consultant um, and actually is doing a lot of things, but not only he has his own business, but also had a podcast. So good morning, Alex. How are you doing <laughs> on this very fine morning? <laughs> hey, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, do I'm doing just fine. And then for the pronunciation of the last name, you're, you're absolutely right. It is. French descent. Both of my parents are are Haitian, so I'm a first generation Haitian kid here in 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 um uh, in Atlanta and Atlanta Georgia. Of course, right now I'm in in Chicago, but I live in Atlanta Georgia. But yeah, the pronunciation that there, that there's a pronunciation for it, and you did nail it on the head. So that's awesome. <laughs> so the question I have now, then I know you're Asian. Do you speak French? Uh, Creole, and honestly, I I um. I, I understand it more than I can speak it. And that's probably one of my biggest uh, challenges this year is to kind of, you know, dive into the bilingual and really you know, push towards not only Creole, but uh, Spanish as well. Um, it's one of those those two that I've wanted to learn for a while. And, you know, me growing up, I've only known English. There was I mean, of course, there's opportunities to learn other languages, but, you know, most people only only know English. It's like I, I want to be bilingual because there's so many parts outside of the United States that, you know, you meet anybody, they know at least five languages, four languages. I'm like, hey, that's I've got to be able to communicate. So uh, I know it's a long winded answer, but yeah, kind of. No, kinda this is it. good. We love that. <laughs> we love that here. So the question I have, because we're going to go back in your background right now. Do you still have family in uh, Haiti? Yeah, I've got some family in Haiti. I've got most of my families uh, is going to be like Florida, New York, Chicago, Atlanta. Uh, but I do have some family in Haiti as well, like uh, cousins and uh, things like that. So may I ask you, are you have you been uh, to Haiti or not? Uh, have you visited over there or not? I have not. Yeah, I have not. I, I definitely have to. It seems, though, that, you know, every time that, you know, my fiance and I kind of talk through like, hey, you know, let's go on a trip or whatnot. Haiti does come into to the uh, discussion. But uh, for the past few years, due to some of the political unrest, yeah. we we kind of just, hey, let's let's go to London. Are you going to need bodyguards? Actually, that's what you, yeah. do, you do. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not that it's a bad place. Like, of course, it's a beautiful place. You know, my yes. parents, I've, I've especially heard my dad speak about, you know, the wonders of Haiti. You know, we sit down, watch some YouTube videos or at least, you know, go on YouTube and figure out, you know, the different spots. But I definitely want to go. It's one of my my things that I want to do. And yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I should have done already, but I have not. So maybe I can explore it now at a, at a much wiser and older age. OK, well, that sounds fun. Uh, however, if you want to practice your French here, not the Creole, the French, you can always connect with me because I do speak fluently French. So okay, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a marketing consultant in digital marketing lead generation. How did you get it started, and what make you choose that path? Actually. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I want to say that it started when I first moved to Atlanta. Um, 
I, I was selling, I was working at the mall, really. I was selling jeans to, to people. So I was just like a ball associate. And I knew that there was a time where I was like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to stay 16 hours on Black Friday to do this for only $10, $10 an hour again. So let me, <laughs> let me, uh, let me change. And I think, you know, being um, in like at least my culture, like it's, it's hard to switch into the business entrepreneurial mindset because you're pretty much taught like, hey, you go get a good job. You work for somebody else, things like that. Well, when I got my next job, um, I was a call center manager and one of my uh, managers just came up and said, hey, Alex, we need to start posting on on Facebook. And, I, you know, besides me, you know, doing it personally, um, I never really understood how to do it from a business from a business side. So I start posting on Facebook for the company. And of course, you know, there's no results. Right. Nothing comes in. You know, it's almost like but the the person like the person I am, you know, I have a, a burning desire to make sure I can get something right and write down a process. So when I post on Facebook, I'm like, man, no one's coming to my to, to this business. No one's calling. You know, what am I doing wrong? This started a what I would call the beginning of a five year journey of me diving deep into digital marketing. Uh, and not only how I could improve my digital marketing uh, efforts, but also improve my digital marketing efforts for my family, my friends. Um, I enrolled in school at, in Georgia, Georgia State University, graduated with a business degree in business management, as well as marketing. I did get a professional certification in sales after that. And immediately after I graduated, I went into the Digital Marketing Institute, where I received a professional certification in digital marketing. And I used all of those skills, those knowledge, the four years of learning to really dive in and, and deepen my craft to start what you see our Bain Digital Marketing today. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the things that we focus on is um, really more on local SEO, search engine optimization, which is to pretty much help you be more relevant on search engines in a local area. If you, and I'm sure Emma, you know this as well, when you visit a new country or a new town or a new city, and you want some food, the first thing you type in is, you know, <laughs> restaurants near me. Maybe in here it's probably going to be yes. Italian restaurants near me no. or something like that. No. <laughs> no, you cannot replicate what I'm what I'm cooking. So, no, I yes, will take yes. everything except Italian. Everything Sorry. else. <laughs> and when you, when, you type, when you type in those search yeah. results, you know, as a consumer, the first mm -hmm. thing you see is just the first 10 results. Maybe you see yes. them on the map. Maybe you see their reviews. Mm -hmm. And this is some of the essential work that my, my company and I do. Um, and, you know, we're we're really happy to help others try to understand that, you know, because most people just think, hey, I can post on Facebook kind of like I thought I could five years ago and get the results. And that's not that's not it. There's so much deeper into it. And, um, you know, that's that's pretty much a little bit about, you know, how I got started into the role and, and where I'm at right now. So how easy was your journey or what are the challenges you have seen along that journey? Because you started with, like you said, you posted on Facebook and started to figure it out. Okay. At least you figured out that something wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> People were like, well, I'm going to continue to post and that will happen over the rainbow. Something will happen. But at least you question why people were not coming in, why you did not have set a prospect, but what are, were your big challenges when you started on that journey as well? Like going to the university, what did you face as challenges that, you know, you were looking at it, it's like, oh, I didn't even thought about this to, you know, to, to do the marketing. Um, 
or how to get the mindset to be doing the marketing when you got an idea, but when you go to school or you do your certification, then you have to learn a different way. How did you manage all of this? This, I mean, that's an incredible question, and um, I'm actually pumped to answer it because I hope that I can even help help some <laughs> some of your listeners here too. And it's, it's kind of twofold. I think the biggest issue, uh, biggest challenge, not issue, it's always challenges. The biggest yes. challenge that I faced when I went to school was, hey, I'm a uh, I'm coming into school. I don't know anyone. I don't know any teachers. I don't have any type of base to help me. And I had to, you know, what I did is after every class uh, in my in the school, I made sure that I did talk to the teachers. I made sure that I did talk to the professors, that I built a relationship there because, you know, they're only coming from a place where, hey, I'm trying to teach students, you know, marketing in this way. And if I could dive deeper into that, that's what I did. And that's what helped me overcome the challenge of building a network in Atlanta. Um, from a business perspective, the biggest thing that I needed to change from a mindset was that marketing is, in my opinion, can be the pinnacle of data observation. And when it's the pinnacle of data observation, the one thing most people forget to ask after they've done their experiments is what did you learn? Uh If you don't ask that question, you'll never take yourself out of the results. It's very easy to, to, to feel like you are behind the results when really data observation is about improving results that you receive. Um, I've been in situations where I've, I've got, I've ran campaigns. I'm like, wow, I'm wasting this person's money. And when I, when you get into that, into that mindset, it's almost like you are forgetting that marketing is a science. Mm -hmm. When you get your degree, it's a bachelor of science and science is all about data observation, testing and writing reports and improving on that science. And when I changed that mindset, it almost translated not even from a marketing perspective, it translated into a business perspective, because then I started seeing my business differently. If I can't open a door here, what did I learn? Always, I always ask myself that after, what did I learn from why I didn't open it here? Where most people or some people have faced the challenge of, hey, it's not working. I'm just going to quit or I'm going to give up. And it's just that's not what I the results I expected. And I'm behind the, the business failing. So I think that was one of the biggest aha moments for me. Um, One of the biggest challenges I had to overcome. And it's a challenge because, as I said before, it's very hard to detach yourself from the results. Right. Like, wow, like these are these results are terrible. I suck this. But it's it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's it has nothing to do with the results. It's about how do you take the baseline? How do you Mm -hmm. improve upon those results? And honestly, that's exactly how I tell my clients here today. Like. um, a lot of the, the businesses I talk to, they always want guarantees like, hey, if I'm going to give you money for SEO, you know, am I going to am I going to make my money back? Is there a return on investment? Yeah. And I always try to separate that. I'm like, hey, look, we can get you ranking on the first page of Google. But what if your sales page is terrible? I did exactly. my job, but you don't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like I did my job. I brought you the traffic. But, yep. you know, there's different parts of your business that's misaligned. So. It's that's not what we want to look at. We want to look at your baseline results. We want to be marketers. We want to be scientists. We want to build and detach ourselves from results and keep on improving on a consistent basis. So when you're facing like that's that's a good point you may you're making right here. So let me ask you when you're faced by you're bringing the traffic, you're bringing the prospect. They are right there. But 
how do you help them to define, if you can, uh, that, well, actually your landing page is not good. There is no conversion equation here in your landing page. How can you approach your client and ask and mention to them, said, okay, I brought you the numbers are right here, but you have a missing pieces here. How do you work with them to highlight what is the gap, especially if, okay, it's not the marketing part of it. It's your landing page, it's your website. Yeah. How do you yeah. convey the message to them? Yeah, honestly, it, it really does come down to being very upfront and honest. A lot of people, um, you know, some of the business owners that I work with, it might be startups. So they put their own work into their landing page. So if you come across in a very hard way, they might feel like you're insulting them. Like, hey, I put in, you know, two, three hours into building this landing page and you're telling me it's not working. Like, I feel like I wasted my time. And that, that's like the, the, the line that you kind of want to travel. Instead, you want to really focus on, you know, the the opportunities, because if you focus on opportunities and you use the language to connect with the customer the right way, they'll understand that you're just trying to help them. And as a consultant, that's what it is. You know, it's almost like business therapy. So, you know, my my way of actually attacking some of that, uh, those issues is using the data and letting the data speak for itself. You know, hey, if there's 400, I actually had somebody the other day where he said, hey, I, I got 400 clicks and people are going to my website, but I didn't get one lead. I'm like, hey, so what does that tell you? You know, what did you learn? <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so if there's 400 people coming into your store, think about it that way. You know, if somebody comes in, walks through your door and all 400 leave, you know, there's something that they're not attracted to. There might be something uh -huh. that is there that's not really connecting with them. Um, and then because you just kind of mm -hmm, go yeah. ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish. Please, I was please. just going to say, I was, I, was, I was just going to say, then you kind of just scale back, you know, yeah. um, because some of the important work is the busiest work, like doing surveys. No one really wants uh -huh. to do surveys or ask 100 people the same question. But when you do some of that work, you realize, hey, maybe the customer that's landing on my page doesn't like this message because the survey has given me understanding that they like this message, message B. Maybe I should pivot my product and change it to to this. Or maybe I'm I'm doing too much sales. I should probably give a free offering. That's some of the things that we would do in a consultation to kind of figure out what's wrong with the landing page. Okay, so you're basically taking care of the journey to your uh, client from the SEO to looking at their website to. Okay, so you're kind of a full service uh, and providing them the support. So they have a conversion equation and they can get their target market. They get their message across. So it's, you know, it's interrupt. I forgot the, those poor things. It's like, <laughs> and I'm teaching this. The worst part is I'm teaching the class. So I'm not. It's like, yeah, it's Saturday, guys. So just letting you know, it's Saturday morning. <laughs> By the time you're listening it, it will be Monday. It'll be Monday. <laughs> and you have your cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, I don't drink coffee, just water, but I will do my drink my water <laughs> for sure. <laughs> my happy water. So, but you, yeah, you have to enter them because the first thing they have to see when they go to your website, you have to enter them. Because if you don't enter them, then, then I don't care. I don't see anything. There is nothing. The message is not there. It's not, you know, it's like seeing uh, you're looking for a plumber. And they all said they're going to fix your leak. Well, I hope so, because that's what you're supposed to do. But you're not telling me <laughs> something. You're not giving me information. You don't educate me either, because every um, uh, business should be educating something that they don't know. Yeah. What don't I know? Well, I know a plumber is going to be fixing. Holy, 
the the leak. But what else can you tell me about your business that yeah. I don't know? So I make, and I, um, this is part of the conversion equation, but it's very uh, important. And a lot of people don't have it in their website. It's missing. It's like the piece is missing in their landing pages, or there is too much information. They get confused. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. go in there, it's like, do you do what? What What was I asking first at the beginning? I'm getting lost in there. There is nothing that really want me to go to the next step. Yeah. So, you're thinking, so you're basically, um, do you do? Okay, so let me ask you the question. Before you start to work with somebody on their SEO and all of this and bringing the traffic, don't you look at their website first or not? Yeah, I, I do. You want to do that, Richard. I, I, it would almost be... Um... Shouldn't it be the first step? It would be. Yeah, it would be. Honestly, it would be flagrant of me if I didn't do the research before providing a plan or working on anything. Um, And yeah, that's exactly what I do. I think that the first thing that I ever do, and I do it for free um, because it doesn't take too much effort on my end, Mm -hmm. is an audit. Somebody comes into me, we have a consultation. The first thing we do is an audit because we have to understand where we are to figure out where we're going to go. I think if you if you put it in that perspective, it's very easy to kind of map out a process yeah. uh, versus doing work and not knowing where the company is, mm-hmm. how well the set, what side is structured, what else do we need? Because then when you get that that full portfolio, you're good to go. You know, you're good to kind of make a plan and stick to that plan and, you know, increase on the results that I've already delivered to you. So baseline reports are part of the equation. Um uh, audits are part of, part of the equation. You want to show the customer, hey, this is how bad. It's almost like when you go to the doctor for a checkup and they tell you, yeah, that's basically <laughs> it is. You know, they're not going to do the operation for you first. Yeah, they'll do you, the checkup yeah. and they'll yep. tell you, hey, look, you know, yep. <laughs> you, we've got to do something. Here's the bad news. Here's the good news. You can spend a couple of weeks off. All right. The bad <laughs> news is we're going to have to operate on you. Okay. We're going to have to operate <laughs> on you. Exactly. And it's the same approach. And, yep. um, you know, with that being said, too, I know you mentioned uh, about like what I do is full service. I would say full service to search engine optimization because there are multiple factors of uh, digital marketing. And I uh, need that... you to go deep on that to explain exactly what do you do because it's so broad. Oh, super broad. I think people need to know what are you doing and what is your focus, if I can say that. No, that's a great question. Yeah, so my focus is is purely on search engine optimization. So, you know, my goal is to make sure that you can show up on relevant Google searches, on relevant Bing searches, Yahoo searches. That is my goal. And it helps in a local area. So whether that means that I help you with getting more reviews on your website, whether that means I write a blog to get more content on your website, website design, um, creating listings. So listings, meaning your own business profile on Google business profile, Yelp, yellow pages. These all help help your business rank in a local area. So if somebody types in, you know, um, not Italian restaurant, but some <laughs> other food near me, <laughs> you show up because Google yep. can see that Google can see a full profile. They see that, hey, you have reviews, you have other review sites pointing towards you. You have great content on your website, giving people something to learn from. You, all of your your met website message makes sense. So yeah, I'll put you in the first page. I'll put you in front to be recommended to a person because you got, you got to think about it from a business standpoint. Google doesn't want to re- recommend a business to you that is not a good business. So 
you know, how do you make Google understand that you are a credible business? That's what I help fix. Yeah, because it's very complex and whatever the algorithm is in the back, you have to figure it out how to navigate those algorithms just to be on the first uh, 10 uh, uh, names that will pop up. Now you said local. So if a company approached you and I said, well, uh, they're not doing a specific, it's an e-commerce. I'm going to use the word e-commerce on this one, online uh, store for people who don't understand the e-commerce. And they said, well, I don't want to go any local. I want to go national. Do you do that as well? Or how does it work? What is the difference between doing it locally and nationwide? Uh, I would say the difference would be, um, you know, if you're a baby and you're crawling and then you go up and you just say, hey, I, I want to run. And that can happen. You have to walk first. And mm-hmm. it's the way algorithms are set up, it's it's extremely it's exponentially harder to rank nationally. It probably will not happen versus building a brand locally and then having that brand that is a local presence recognized internationally or nationally or even internationally. Think about it this way. If you approach multiple cities with mo- with the same with the same product, yeah, you might get sprinkles of people that are interested in one area or another. But if you impact your local community, you'll rank faster because so most of us live in small towns. Most of us are in small yep. towns. They don't have the product that you that you're bringing out. So when you do that now, before you know it, after a year of business, maybe you get featured in the local business magazine. Maybe there's a, um, a story that comes out on you from a local company, uh, maybe even in Minnesota. Like, hey, you know, Emma, we saw your business. We saw the work you're doing locally. Can we feature in a magazine? Yeah. And who knows? Maybe that magazine feature gets intercepted by uh, a state recognized magazine feature and then an international magazine uh, <laughs> or a national uh, magazine feature. And that's how you really grow. Um, so I would say most people that say that, hey, you know, I, I sell my products nationwide. Let's part of creating goals. I go by an acronym. It's called SMART goals, uh, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time bound. And in those two, we always go through the relevant. Is it relevant to your business? And is it achievable? Because we want to be realistic. Hey, if you just started your business, you know, are you going to go nationwide with a whole bunch of sales booming? I mean, maybe if you come in with $10,000 ad spend, and you want to push yeah. ads that way. Exactly. But if you're just starting, is, is it, are we going to do it that way? Or are we going to do it the right way? So that's kind of how I approach that process. Yeah, because I think uh, in the old days... <laughs> You could have gone national, <laughs> but now with algorithm and AI, it makes it a little bit harder because it's more, like you said, local. And uh, the education needs to be at the level of the uh, business owners because they don't have, you know, nobody has a PhD in marketing when you're a business owner, <laughs> or very few. Let's put it this way, unless you're in marketing and in the digital. But if you're not, we don't have, we don't have the understanding of how it works and how to make it right especially when you're starting or if you're already a business that has been rolling for maybe five years, you still maybe don't have a clue on how you want to reach more customers. You want to go beyond your state, but they don't know how. And they're, you know, spending a ton of money in marketing that might be a waste of money too. So, you know, when I like the first thing you said with your client asking you for guarantees or you, or I, which is like, yeah, you want kind of a, I will say 
you cannot give the number and say, well, 50% will come back to you and guarantee, but you can give a range about, well, you know, it can go varies from 40, 25 to 40%, maybe prospect will come to you if it's done right. You want a little bit of certainty because I faced uh, the beginning when I started my business, I connected with marketing people, which I had no intention to go by with the marketing people because I knew at that time when I reached some of them, it was just, oh, I give you the money and I will get you um, do a marketing campaign with listing. They were already purchased, not validated, mm-hmm. not fresh leads, what I call fresh leads, like verified. Yeah, And they would take the money and couldn't even give me a percentage because it should be given about the bracket, which is about eh, 25 to 30% you will get out of whatever. And they could not give me anything. And I was smiling like, oh, well, I have a nice day because I will not spend the thousands of dollars on something. And that's the problem with marketing and digital marketing is who do you talk to mm-hmm. um, to be able to do a, a decent campaign and being able to market your business Um And what are the expectations as well? Uh, What kind of, um, when you're meeting somebody for the first time, what kind of uh, context or how do you walk them through the process so they understand before they say, oh, well, Alex, we're going to hire you as uh, for the digital marketing. What is your your process? This is an amazing point that you brought up, Emma, I think. I think it's uh, it honestly speaks to another one of the challenges. I know we spoke about challenges maybe 20 minutes yeah. ago, but now that we're talking. Oh, through let's it, bring back the challenge. <laughs> that, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges is that it not, it's not that the uh, my profession is saturated. That's not the challenge. It's that because it's saturated and because people can come out without like any type of experience or formal education, you know, there are situations where they don't really handle the process right. And, you know, most most consumers of business to business owners, they don't they don't trust marketers. They don't trust that they want to see results. And because most people have already been burned, most people that I talk to, you know, they've already came from a marketing situation. Like, hey, I already hired this guy. He's terrible. What can you do? Because I don't want to keep doing. And then I have to face that question. Right. And um, a, a lot of what I do in my process is understand the sales cycle. This isn't a situation where you go into Baskin Robbins and you buy ice cream and you give them the money and you walk out happy. The sales <laughs> process for me could take weeks. Yep. It, it does take a lot of consistent following up. It takes a lot of consistency in showing results. I write case studies. Um, case studies give you a perspective of the work that I've done. So, and it truly demonstrates that I have experience in, in it. So case studies is something that I use to uh, demonstrate. I also have copies of each of my products. So if somebody is interested in, hey, Alex, I do see that you're writing blogs. You know, how do I know that this is going to be good or what type of style do you write? Well, you can go to my website, put it in my put in your email um, and you'll see all of the examples of my work. And that goes along the same thing with doing reviews, doing listings. I have uh, pockets of my work. All, all, all spread around so you can see it for yourself. And that way there's full transparency. Like, you know what you're getting and yes. you know you're getting a full plan that's going to be unique to you, but you know the yes. type of work and the style that I've, I bring. So that's kind of how I, um, you know, differentiate myself. I think it goes back to what you're saying a little bit earlier about the, you know, going to somebody's website and seeing a message clearly. And what is the one thing you do outside of what's obvious? 
And to sum up what people are looking for, it, it is this differentiation. How are you different than the other uh, plumber? Exactly. You know? And can I see that you're different in another uh, than another plumber once I get into your website in less than three seconds? Yes, <laughs> that's the, that's I the know. time. You know what? This is horrible because I was talking with somebody in marketing a while ago. I think it was on Wisdom. And we talked about it. The intention span was 10 years ago was 15 seconds. And now it's three seconds. And I'm like, yeah. holy crap. Can you do it in three seconds? Yes. It's like, it is truly a beautiful craft. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, and people don't realize that. And I'm like, oh my God, three seconds. Yeah, no wonder. It's like, this is terrible. <laughs> but you have to be able to really market and there is a way to do it. I said, I've been teaching that class on marketing and on sales, but especially looking at website for people to understand, you know, your message, what, what, um, when you go through the process with your client, do you, do they, most of them understand their target market or not? Do they have an idea of their target market? Oh, I would say no. At least most people that I talk to know, and it usually comes up when I when I ask. You know, I ask deeper questions because I'm not the person to just say, "Oh, you need help." Okay, this is how much it's gonna cost. I, yeah. I want to do that full consultation. And part of my questions is, "Hey, who are you targeting with this product, and what are you looking to solve?" I think even deeper than finding the target market, they don't really even know what it is that they're that trying message. to solve. Yes, exactly. That's, yes, that's the message. That's the next step. It's the first one is target market. The second is the message. If you don't have the target market, you don't know who you're targeting. You got a problem. Your message, and most of the time I would say it has to be um, reworked and they have to do their homework. It's like you cannot get that conversion equation. And the problem is, is uh, people don't understand. It's not that difficult. It's only four steps, but they don't have those four steps or they have an idea, but they cannot translate it. It's mm -hmm. like, it's in my head, but I cannot put it anywhere else because I don't know how to convey the message. Yeah, I, I think a cool activity I do uh, is I take the message that they currently have and I put yeah. it back to them and I say, now, who are you talking to in this message? Are you accentuating you and your brand or are you talking to a customer and trying to solve that? And an example would be, let's say if a business was selling pillows, right? Yep. And maybe the message is buy the softest pillows today. And it's like, hey, that's a good message to accentuate your brand, but you're not showing somebody else who may have back problems how a pillow could solve their issues. Maybe if you change your brand message to solving back problems since 19, whatever, or you know, this is just an example, we're going on the fly, but how do you pivot that? And then when somebody comes to your website they see oh wow you're talking to me because i have neck pain and i need this pillow and now i'm gonna watch now the three seconds have now been extended to 15 seconds yes <laughs> you know exactly. you buy yourself some more time you, you interrupt <laughs> me now i want to know more now you're gonna tell me you're, you're at this point you're i'm connecting with you that's why it's like listen to me people right now because this is very important what we're talking about because the conversion <laughs> equation is something i've been teaching those classes and Alex is giving you some great tips, actually, because if you have that understanding, then you can move to the next step, which is the educational part of it. Like you said, you got your message, you got your target, you got your message, and then you're educating. Yes, back pain, resolving, 
okay, I'm learning something new <laughs> for that beetle. We're going through the process right now. I don't know if you realize that, but we're doing the process. <laughs> I would use that segment in my classes and listen to Alex now. <laughs> yeah. no, Honored to be a part of it. Honored it, to be a part of it. <laughs> seriously, it's like, you know, and the next step after the, the, the education is the offer. What kind of offer do they have that is so irresistible that the prospect cannot resolve, cannot uh, resist do they have um that uh, offer uh then you see or do you help them to get to the irresistible offer like a beautiful ice cream then you're seeing it it's like oh, oh, oh i want the ice cream yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm straight for the it. ice cream you know what i mean yeah it's like you know the offer has got to be there and the biggest i think and I, I don't know if you encounter that but the biggest challenge as well is to stop the chatter in your mind because if you come to a website it's like Okay, I see your message. You're targeting me. I see your um, your message. I see your education. I see the offer. But how to stop the chatter? Because, you know, it's like, oh, I'm looking at the ice cream and going straight for the ice cream because I'm obsessed about the ice cream right here, right now. I'm not even <laughs> like, well, am I, do you really think you need the ice cream? No, we don't care. We want the ice yeah, cream. Yeah, we want it. We want it. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you convey for them the offer and make them understand that, you know, we have to stop the chatter from the prospect. The prospect should not be even thinking twice. It shouldn't be asking the, like, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? They should like, hey, yeah, I'm going to go and buy that pillow. Yeah. Remember, this is all about data observation, uh-huh. right? So... The, the honest answer is you don't really know. And I'm going to explain to you why the, the answer is you don't really know. It's, it's because you really have to go by the data that comes by. So if, somebody, we, if we change somebody's message and maybe we see the same 400 clicks come in, but now your engagement time has increased by 10%, maybe you're on the right path, but you still didn't get leads. Yeah. You know, now you take that and say, hey, maybe I have to tweak it a little bit more. I think ultimately when you portray value, um, the, the, uh, the activity that I like to do, it's called MOTOR. So M-O-T-O-R. And it stands for the three reasons, the three core reasons why any business will do or any consumer will do business with you. And that's either money, something that has to do with giving great value for money, something that has to do with reducing time, uh, or something that has to do with eluding risk. And if you could come up with maybe five different reasons for each category as like um, uh, value propositions for your landing page or for your company, you can test them. You can do an A-B test. You can say, hey, maybe this week I'm going to test this one, this value. Maybe it's a pop up 15 percent off of your next pillow or maybe this one I'll I'll test the value for less risk and just kind of see by the end of the month or a, a 60 day you'll get an entire result of saying, hey, of these 15 or maybe these 10 value propositions, these two are the best ones. And this is the ones that we have to go with. It speaks to our customer the most, and it's going to help them understand. And then on top of that, from a conversion standpoint, you've already had the results to say, all right, I've tested it. Now Mm -hmm. let's put all of our marketing efforts and all of our money towards what's working the best. So kind of like a a weird answer, because at first you knew you would think like, yeah, there is a way, but the way it really comes down through science, it really comes down through mm-hmm. testing, comes down through understanding the three value points, money, time and risk and how that can be applied to your business. And let me tell you, brainstorming is a part of working, everyone. <laughs> if yes. you feel like if you feel like you and that's that's one that's one thing. 
Sometimes I, I turn off my computer. I just can't get it. I turn off my computer. I sit on the couch and that's it. And because sometimes brainstorming it, it can be used that, oh, I'm at a stuck road. I don't know what to do. I'm not working. It's not working. Let's shut it off. But really brainstorming and critical thinking and even talking to some of your peers about what you're thinking. That's a part of working, too. That's a part mm-hmm. of finding a solution. So I do a lot of that. I do a lot of research, a lot of brainstorming, a lot of critical thinking with peers uh, to be able to get the results. Amazing. We have a fantastic conversation here. I don't know if you realize yeah, I love that it. on a I love Saturday it. morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. We have which day. You got to keep the same energy. So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> no, but it's amazing to listen to it because I think people need to understand that. I think marketing is a very, it's, it's amazing. And a lot of people don't understand how it works. Uh, you're using science. You're using data uh, behind it. But in the same time, there is some work that needs to be done up front by the client. And they have to basically learn as well what works, what doesn't work. And even though you guys are doing the work behind the scene, it's still you're involving your client. It's not like they're going to stay on the side and do nothing. It's like, yeah. no, everybody works together. Some company don't care and they will do it and do the marketing from A to Z. But it's nice to see that you're involving them, teaching them how to do it and uh, see the result like, you know, 60, 90 days, whatever it takes for them to hit the right message uh, and convey what they need to their prospect. Um, Do they understand and do you teach the um, buyer's journey as well? Yeah. I do teach the buyer's journey. I think it's critical in every aspect of business um, for you to understand where your where your buyers are at and how they're thinking. Um, it, it also accentuates the importance of patience because nothing in ha- in marketing truly happens under six months. And six months would be if you had a, a lot of ad spend. It takes a time and a process for things to be done right, uh, and the buyer's journey is a part of that. And um, I think when I the, the, the biggest opportunity that I see to jump in and tell somebody about the buyer's journey is when their mindset is, is, hey, you know, I'm posting. Why am I not getting leads? Well, you're talking about two, two separate segments of buyers mm-hmm. posting on social media is more for the awareness. You know, people coming in, they want to be aware of your brand. And that's why social media is great for really brand identity and brand strength. But leads and buying. That's the bottom of the funnel. That's the buy, That's the end of the buyer's journey. After they've already made the decision, after they've done consideration, after they've reviewed some of the products. So you're basically trying to do something to people who don't even are not even truly interested. Yep. And that's where is my biggest opportunity to kind of dive into the buyer's journey. And we can talk a little bit more about it if you'd like, or if you oh, have any questions around that. Do. Go ahead, because I think people don't know the buyer's yeah. journey because in, in our books, there is three. There is the one doesn't need anything. So you need to yeah. reach out to them. There is the one that's hmm, starting to look at it, but not ready yet. And there's the one like, woohoo, I'm ready to spend. I got ready the cash, go. I got the card, <laughs> I got the plastic card. I'm ready to go. But the problem is, is people don't realize that they are only focusing on the one they are ready to buy, which is about 1%, 1 maybe to 2%. Mm-hmm. The rest, 99 to 98% are the one they are not tapping into it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. They, they, they're only focusing on that. So how do you educate them and how you bring 
how do you bring the awareness and the teaching part of it to your to your clients for them to understand that even if somebody is not ready to buy, if I got the right message, the right conversion equation, they will buy even if they don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. You want to separate the theory of the customer. And yes. it's a theory that I brought uh, that I kind of put together, like with some of my work. And it took me a while to really understand. Normally, we would think that, hey, we're taking one customer through the entire journey, journey right? Yeah. But there are other customers yes. in different parts of the journey that we still haven't even talked to. There might be somebody that's in the middle of considering your product, exactly. but you've never talked to them before. So yeah. does that mean that you should bring them back to the awareness? And when I started thinking like that, I started diversifying the type of content that I put out because Good. you need content and you need a plan for each segment of the buyer's yes. journey because there could be somebody who's in the middle of considering and exactly. they haven't found you, or there could be somebody that is interested and haven't yeah. found you. Yeah. So that's kind of how I attack that situation. It's definitely changed my mindset. Cause I always thought like, Hey, if I talk to somebody, this is the entire buyer journey. I have to follow this person through yeah. awareness, interest, but really it's different segments that you should be catering to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's very interesting because uh, you know, people are not, realizing this and that's why it's like when you're starting to teach the buyers journey it's like well i'm missing 90 percent of those buyers well <laughs> you, you do because you're only targeting on the one they're ready to purchase from you not the others mm -hmm. and, and if you truly want to make a good big impact too uh sorry about that if you, if you yeah, truly want to make a big impact you want to build a community and yes. your community building happens in the earlier stages maybe they're not ready to buy but hey, you've come around with thousands of people who support you because you believe mm -hmm. in yourself. And exactly. sometimes that's what it's all about, building a community. Oh, absolutely. And um, so talking about social media, because I have, when I speak to some of my clients, I let them know that, you know, uh, they, and that's a mistake, actually. Then I, I, I said to them, some individual, okay, so their website is not that great. So they built a website, it doesn't work. And I said, well, you know what? I could care less about the website. So I'm not going to have a website. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go straight to social media, spend my time and hours on social media to get a couple of those clients and mm -hmm. prospects. And to me, it's like, well, first of all, everybody should have a website because it should be your pipeline. It should be where you do the least work where everything is in there and it's automated. So you don't have to be there and clicking on button every 15 minutes. Yeah. However, I always, and I don't know when you're facing clients who only goes on social media and like, I'm not doing website because it doesn't work. Have them, I ask them, how many hours do, during the week do you spend to be on social media? Mm -hmm. And I said, do you realize that the amount of hours you're wasting, you could be doing something else, developing a new product, do something else different. If you had the proper support for your website, the proper uh, ca campaign, marketing, landing, single landing pages, et cetera, et cetera, add, then spending time on social media. Because I said, the, the, the energy you've got, I said, if one day you're sick and don't go there, you're not going to get your client. The other things too, is explaining to them that if I go on Google, they're going to bring me my website. If I'm looking for a plumber, they're not going to bring me a TikTok. They're not going to bring me uh, Instagram. They're going to bring me those websites. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Not everybody's on Instagram. Not everybody's on TikTok. Not everybody's on Facebook. How do you convey a message 
to, to your uh, client that there is a process, there is a way to generate the leads that should funnel into your website. And, you know, social media is nice, but that's not where you should be spending 90% of your day thinking this is the greatest things ever to do yeah. because you're going to bring some um, uh, attention to your business, but that doesn't mean it's going to be translated to anything. Yeah. I, I mean, I like using the mobile food truck analogy. And here's the analogy. Um, before a restaurant opens, and has a permanent place of uh, business. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they're a, a mobile food truck. Mm -hmm. But being a mobile food truck, let's say the food truck is down, or let's say you don't want to go out to the city and, and sell your food, um, your business is down. It doesn't make money for that day. Yep. Versus having a brick and mortar restaurant that's established, there might be a day you don't come into work, but everybody's hired and everything's working for you. It's automated. Your yep. business is still open during business hours. Yes. Um, you really want to look at the difference between what's called an evergreen strategy mm -hmm. uh, and what's a, a more of a paid strategy. And I want you to think of paid in the way that the three, um, uh, the three values are money, time, and risk, because you don't necessarily have to pay money to, th to pay. You can pay your time, yes. which in this situation going on social media to continue to turn a profit is uh -huh. still paying your time. Yep. Um, you can be paying risk because in this situation, not having uh, a credible source, you're actually putting your business in risk. Facebook, Instagram, social media, these are all places for your business to get listed. But to, for your business to have a home, you do need a website. And that's kind of how I, I, I convey the, the message. Um, you have to have some sort of presence uh, online in that matter. So I do understand, you know, hey, going to Facebook and Instagram or just social media is to start off. But you have to have a plan to at some point, hey, after six months of doing this on, on Facebook or social media, we've turned this much profit. Now let's invest into building the correct website and grow from there. So um, that's, that's kind of how I can fit the mobile food truck uh, analogy makes sense to most people yes. because they can see it. They most people go to food trucks. I go to food trucks, I <laughs> pop up, <laughs> pop up shops or anything like that. But if you have yep. a pop up shop and your stop, your shop stops popping up. Yeah, um, that's a tongue twister. Uh, <laughs> you uh, <laughs> you uh, your, your business is done. You don't have a place that is, hey, let's go to this street and this street to get breakfast because they've been around for 10 years and there's nothing there. And it's the same thing with the website. Yeah, because that's what I'm trying to uh, make people to make people understand. It feels like they are going with the floor, the latest and the greatest, but they don't understand the foundation. And I'm like, I use Amazon. I said, is Amazon on Facebook? Do you see Amazon on Instagram? And they're like, no. I'm like, exactly. There it is. There now, it is. if you're looking at the big companies, why are they on their website? I said, if I go and Google it, I'm I'm pulling something. I'm sorry. I'm not going to get a TikTok and Instagram. They're pulling up websites. And mm -hmm. that should be, uh, like you said, the brick and mortars where you don't have to worry about it because the traffic will coming in. It's just a mm -hmm. matter of the right marketing, the right position in the SEO, making sure the search engine got you first, whatever creates all of this. But this should be an automated system. So it gives you more time at the end of the day to continue to develop your business, your product, give you more free time than being stuck behind um, an iPad and phone, 
just to get the attention of people. And uh, yeah, my Instagram, like I said to people, my Instagram is only for my dogs. Yeah. And food. <laughs> I saw that. You saw that. The dog yeah, and the awesome. food. <laughs> I was also like, this is incredible. <laughs> this is, well, that's, that's this for is, them. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram, there will be food or the dogs because the dogs have their stories. Even some of my blogs, my personal blogs, I have to go back to write, actually. I took a break, but I need to go back. And there is a series that's called The Saga of the Pops. And I'm sharing yeah. stories about the pops. It's like, it's like, okay, yeah. having fun. But I'm using it for that purpose. I'm like, okay, I had to be on Twitter because of my business. I had to be on Facebook because of my business. That wasn't for me because I could care less. Like I, I said to people, I don't care about social media. I am mm. there because of my business and I have a presence there. Do I spend 10 hours a week? Absolutely not. I'm posting things that I need to post. There is some stuff happening over Europe. Then I, I will respond. I will comment. I will do things. Other than that is for my podcast is for my business. That's yeah. it. But do I yeah. spend 10 hours a week? Heck no, I don't. Yeah, I think the biggest thing to really say is, from that is that most we're, we're most most people are victims of what they see. Right. So yes. they see they see they see followers, they see activity, they see celebrities on social media. Yes. They feel like that's going to be the biggest impact yes. when really the biggest search volume you're ever going to see is going to be through Google. They have the most users yes. out of every website ever. So. Yeah. When you put it into that perspective, you want to use your social media as more of brand support yep. because the intent to purchase is going to come through social is going to come through search engines. Um, the intent to purchase or the intent to make a decision does not come in social media. And that's where your brand strength comes in. A lot of people is, is crazy, too, because from a consumer standpoint, they even validate if your business is real by seeing if you post on social media and. Um, you know, that's kind of like uh, a gray area because I always suggest like, hey, if you're not using your social media, not every social media needs to be used. Uh, but if you can like post one thing, even if that that's it's not it's not important to have that full on four posts a day. You have to spend 20 wow. hours a week. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a part time job. No, it's not important. And if it ever comes to that, you sh you're probably better outsourcing it so you can give yourself your own time to do yes. what you need to do to advance the business. Exactly. And that's something that is the education. So let me ask you, because as we're speaking deeper and deeper into the world of the digital marketing, have you ever thought to do classes? Have I thought to do classes? Yeah, yes. teaching people, doing uh, uh, talks, because seriously, yes. right now, I love what I'm hearing. And I'm like, OK, maybe we should show have a show on the road and I'm interviewing <laughs> you and everybody can coming hear soon. you. Uh, it's coming, coming soon. It's coming soon. But I'm serious. On, I'm really serious on this one because you're highlighting one of the biggest issues that we see in marketing and you're educating at the same time. So people have the awareness because people don't have the awareness. As I said, it's like a maze. Marketing is like, oh my God, is the swamp. And you're like, oh crap, where am I going from one side to the other side? Yeah, but there isn't, there isn't a, um, you know, there isn't something specific to digital marketing and core curriculums. There's marketing and core curriculum. So you can understand the foundation but there isn't something specific to digital marketing. And that's what Aubain Digital Marketing is aiming to change. This year in quarter four, we're looking to bring on interns uh, to work with our team, uh, interns from Georgia State University. Uh, and through those, they can get on to a, either a three-month program internship or a six-month program internship during school, 
we'll put together a stipend for them so that they can buy books, they can buy uh, the necessary materials uh, to do digital marketing. And throughout that three or six month uh, time period, that's what we'll be doing. We'll, that's what we'll be doing. You'll be learning um, within my business on how to do certain functions. But at the same time, you're going to get the experience that um, my team and I will sign off on when you're ready to get a job. So that is a upcoming project that we are working on. We kind of want to work in a setting that way where we're working with students trying to get roles in digital marketing. Um as well as provide them um, that opportunity in that class setting. Everything's going to be virtual. So uh, I, would, I would imagine it to be something that's very successful. I've participated something in something sort of like that. When I was in school, they sent me out to a marketing project for State Farm University. Yeah. Or excuse yeah. me, State Farm. Uh, State Farm University. For that State Farm. That would be awesome, right? <laughs> and, um, and what they did was they paid all of us a thousand dollars to get the preparation that we needed. Good. They sent us out and we did three months and I came back. I'm like, wow, this whole project definitely taught me a lot. And what if I can take that business, my business and provide that to students that might need, you know, help with pay-per-click well, marketing and social media and stuff like that. Actually, they should be doing this. They're doing it in Europe, actually, on some level, because when you, you're learning a trade school and stuff like that, you go and for a month or during the summertime, you go and work for companies that, you know, uh, will show you and learn the business as well. This is how you become an apprentice. Mm-hmm. Now, the question I have for you, and as an intuitive side of me, just saying, okay, you're poking at the bear. How about doing some training for clients, meaning having some classes you could do? Because I think it's nice to do for students. I absolutely 100% behind this one. However, I would like to challenge you to do something, to do um, a program, a class that people can actually take so they know how to do things. Doesn't mean they're gonna resolve their old problems, but at least teaching them. Emma, I'll tell you this. Uh, the best way I'm going to answer this question is <laughs> is is challenge accepted. Oh, that God. is that that is that is that is going to be because I you know I'm an I'm an open person. I love listening to people. Um, and you know it, it says a lot when somebody you know obviously I'm on as a guest here today, so it's super um you know honorable that you even mentioned like hey you have the credentials or you have the the insight to be able you to you have teach. the knowledge inside it would be kind of crazy to just say well you know what alex that sounds good what you're doing for the internet <laughs> who cares about the rest of the world i would say you need <laughs> you need to create a curriculum a class a training so people can actually if they don't give them options uh like i do for mine for my business there is you can get me as a coach hire me directly as a coach if you don't want to deal with me which is fine I do have trainings that people can learn all of what they need to learn on their own. Do it yourself, basically. Yeah. Put on do it, do it yourself model. Yes. Mm-hmm. And why don't you have that? Yeah. It's uh, a, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a, this is one of the questions that I don't have an answer to, you know, cause I've always thought about it from the, the student perspective. That's probably pretty much what, and, uh-huh. and honestly, I think it's um, it's been um like for me, like when I was going through school, I had to even take myself yeah. out of class yep. and and learn it extra. So I was like, man, how come I can't go back and do it for them? But yeah, and I mean, challenge accepted. I, I, <laughs> and you know what? I agree with you because here's the, the thing too. In marketing, you can learn a way to do it, but that doesn't mean it's the right way. When you go into business as intern, then you really learn what it's all about. The, you know, classes are great, but that's not real life. All right. Mm-hmm. 
you've been giving tools and people sometime in marketing and everywhere else make the mistake to say, well, this is what I learned in school. So we're going to apply it in real life. And they're trying so hard. It's like, oh my God, it's not working. What is wrong? Because I learned this, I do this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what it's all about. It's internship. And I think internship is the key because as you go and learning like marketing, uh, business acumen as, uh, as well, every stage you go to your bachelor you do your mba you should be doing internship to understand what is the applicable functionality that i'm learning from school to the real life to the real cases because as i said some people came with their books and they're doing so poorly at work and you're looking at them it's like okay that was a nice mba <laughs> you're a very good learner but you cannot you know, you're not, um, you don't use your common sense at some level to make the distinction. I learned those tools, mm -hmm. but I will mm -hmm. not apply word to word to everything I'm going to do. It's something that I learn and I'm going to practice. So for me, it's fantastic doing this internship because it's really going to be an eye opener for them on how to do the business. Yeah. So they're learning but they, they have that experience. And when they get hired, maybe they will come back and say, okay, you have an opening for me. I'm staying here, whatever. Great. <laughs> but if they go and, and uh, work for another company, they have an experience they can bring with them with the understanding. So they're not going to fail like a failure the first time. They're going to understand and have that practice. And maybe they're going to say, no, can I stay a little longer than six months with you guys? Because I want to learn more. Or can I come back in whenever you get another uh, opening for me to continue to be an intern as well? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like you're training potential new employees or uh, somebody who maybe is going to be studying their own business or work somewhere else and bring some of the value with them so they can do a better job however yeah. i'm i'm still on that challenge because i believe that there is a niche to train and and really show people how to do your digital marketing it doesn't mean they're going to be an expert but the do it itself for me it's like okay do it yourself here's all of the modules I will check up with you. That's what I do. I check up with you once a week or, or every other week. It all depends. And if you want to hire me on demand because you're like, okay, I'm learning this, but it's a little too much, then I will be there to help you. But a lot of people want to do it itself. I'd like to do myself by myself too. Unless I have somebody else who can guide me along the way, I do that. But I yeah. feel that because the knowledge you get is like, I want to continue to extract what there is in your brain. Right now. Like, <laughs> come on, share with us the rest because you have so much uh, depth on what you're doing and we can hear the passion. We can hear the knowledge. It's not like you're shooting things and like of oh, the seam of your pants and like, yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about this. There, there is, uh, you, it seems like you created a process. I don't know what you've got that if you have any documentation on everything you do, it seems like you get your processes, you get everything, every these things down to a science, quote unquote, isn't it ironic to use the word science? Yeah, After you're you talking about science. <laughs> but the question is, do you apply it to a way that could be teachable for people? You could even teach classes in universities about what you're doing. I don't know if you ever thought about this. Think about yeah. it because that could be from the universe telling me that too. You should think about that too. I have, I've, I've, um, I've actually started documentation of all of my processes because I want the processes to be pristine for mm -hmm. 
the students. <laughs> but now that you're saying this, it's like, hey, this could also be used for yes. business owners. And yes. just like I said, you know, challenge accepted. And honestly, for your listeners, this is a great moment where, you know, I'm coming in, you know, there's experience there, but there's always something to learn. And there's always a different perspective you can take. And you're giving me a different perspective to think about, you know, the DIY projects for business owners. It's nothing that can't be done. It just takes time. It takes um, and it takes uh, the, the the planning because the passion that I have to help anyone is is going to be there. So maybe um, maybe yeah. on your to-do list just do need to be done or you know, <laughs> you know on your list put this there there. So there is another thing i'm thinking of because based on what you're saying maybe you write a book and from the book make it uh um a teaching book so people can use it and yeah. you can do actually the videos as well so people have the book and you know and can follow what you're talking about and you know what I mean? I have yeah. somebody, somebody else's did it. Uh, that was so funny. She started with, it was so detailed what she's done on that book. Then it became a student guidebook. And yeah. she wrote a book afterwards, which was a summary. It mm-hmm. was funny. But I'm thinking this <laughs> combined with videos and training for people, they will be coming and you, you create maybe a little university, whatever you want to call it, uh, classes for you. I think people will be coming and take classes and understanding how it works, different level, blah, blah, blah. You can do different level, you know, very simple level to the deepest one. But I believe you got the material in your head. Yeah. And honestly, it's it's going to work. And the reason why I know it works is because um, when people get into contact with me, they want to get an understanding of what I do because. I, you know, it's hard to kind of go in, in in your local bar or your local grocery store and say, and they say, Hey, what's your, what do you do? I'm an SEO manager. And it just, and it's like, yeah, it's digital marketing. Oh, so you post on social media. No, yeah, because you know, you know, for the website, they're talking about is your SEO is you get the right word or yeah, so it's like, I'm like, uh, what? Yeah. It's, you missed the. It's like, yeah, I mean, it is sort of what I do, but so now what I've done is when I when I talk to people, I just the way I explain it is, hey, when you go on vacation, what do you search? That's what I do. Exactly. <laughs> just, and I that make people it very understand. Specific. Yeah, because oh, otherwise yeah. it's yeah, it's like, oh, you're the search just I'm the search result engine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I'm it. I'm, what are you doing? I'm the manager for search results engine. And somebody's gonna say, Well, can you give me a good uh they're gonna ask you, can you give me a good Ex- restaurant around here? And like, uh no, I'm no, not yeah, personal. But, and that, but that's exactly where it comes from. Yeah. And just understanding that I know that there's potential to really dive into this because this knowledge is it's not being spread the way it should be because especially you know since the pandemic this is only the beginning of how much it's increased in 10 years from now this might be something that's almost normalized in schools uh going into into elementary school or grade school because it's going to be so much more important to have online businesses and um, yeah, I mean, I totally take all of your feedback. It's something that I'm going to put on my to-do list top five, and I'll definitely yes, look should. into <laughs> look into doing that. I already know that I'm super pumped for the interns that I that I yes. want to uh, help. I think that's going to be an yes. awesome project. But even going further, that's something to really marvel about. I, I believe because even if somebody doesn't want to hire you, at least taking those classes and understanding how it works, that will make their life so much easier. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, the training right there and the knowledge is people should know it. So that's why I'm asking the question. It's like, yeah, a book would be nice. A training book would be nice. Um, uh, training videos so people can do it themselves. And even live classes as well would be good because I think there's a teaching part of it that is missing. Yeah. Well, I, for, for live classes, what I will tell you is it is uh, I do plan on launching. It was supposed to launch at the end of May. Uh, but it's it's most likely going to be towards the end of quarter two. Um, some teammates and I, we are going to be launching uh, what's called a marketing stack webinar. And in the webinar, uh, all business owners can sign up for free. They can join the webinar and it will be a live example of how to do a specific SEO function for their business. Maybe we sit, maybe a, 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 a module or a webinar would be, yeah. well, how do you find great topics online? Yep. And we walk mm -hmm. through it for 30 minutes. And okay. this is something that I've worked, I've been working on for the past month, extremely hard um, in doing so. I'm pretty happy that this is actually on the road to being launched. Uh, and that's kind of where I will start when it comes down to, you know, what is the value proposition after somebody reaches my website? Maybe they sign up for a course. By that yeah. time, I'll have it done since it's a uh, top five of my <laughs> task list. Um, I would love you know. it too. Yeah. Well, whatever, <laughs> so, you know, whatever you're going to be doing with the intern, you can apply it to the clients. So basically mm -hmm. we're doing already the work up front with the intern. Then the only thing you got to do is tweak a little bit to your training and everything and, and pass it on to uh, actually the client and test how it goes. But uh, you need to give me, you will have to give me the link for that because I want to watch your um, your webinar, definitely. And I think it's a must and it should be because again, digital marketing is a big, those are big words, but it's a gray area and people yeah. don't understand digital marketing. It's still marketing. not fully explored. It's no. still not fully explored. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the way you're making it for you is really down to a science but it's really narrowing down and help and helping people. What I love is the, the part that you really custom all of this to and tailor. I'm going to use the word tailor, not even custom, but tailor to each yeah. businesses, which is awesome. Now you started a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's explain how we met because it was alignable. And um, by the way, I like your, I don't know how we said, um, you don't wear. Uh, oh, a bow tie? Thank you. Yeah, the I'm bow like, tie. Yeah. I'm like, I'm having, this is Saturday, people, just a reminder here. <laughs> My brain is a little foggy. And no, I wasn't party last night, but I went to bed very early this morning, it was about three or four in the morning. So <laughs> I have a few hours of sleep. Um, so, um, on Alignable, which is a networking, um, other platform, we met because you ask for, uh, people to, um, to be on your part of your show. But what I love was your boat. <laughs> yeah. The bow tie. <laughs> so You're not the only one. They're like, yeah, you got a great bow tie. I want to be know. part of your show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why not? You know, if Isn't the bow tie that terrible did it? when same people say that it wasn't about anything else, just the bow tie. Well, sorry, it's a good one too. You should go on alignable and say and say so. So when did you start your podcast? Um, I launched my podcast um six weeks ago. Um, and you know, I think it's a great testament to just do like going out and doing what you believe in because mm -hmm. the way that I positioned myself in that reach out on Alignable, 
most people already thought I had a show published. I didn't have anything done. I know because I, just, I saw number nine and I'm like, oh, you're fresh. You knew yeah. of the studying blocks. I had no, exactly. And, and, but I came into it with, I have a plan. I have a vision. I'm going to make it work because I know that it works. I've done my, my research. I know people have my local circle, friends and family has given me positive feedback mm -hmm. on, Hey, you know, this would be a great idea. Then let's do it and let, let the results fall where they may. So I started my podcast six weeks ago. However, Um, you know, for the start of the podcast, it has definitely been, um, I would say successful. Um, a lot of people have learned from it and, you know, to, to take a step back, actually, the main reason why I created my podcast, I have, uh, six siblings. It's all of us together. So three sisters and two brothers and then me. So that's six. And then I have a, a, a younger nephew, but he's basically our age. So that's another brother. So I added him in there. Um, and <laughs> And uh, I, I made it for them. I made the podcast so they can understand um, different business perspectives and kind of go what they need, go further. My sister That's is a nice. photographer yeah. uh, in Atlanta. Um, I have another sister who's doing interior design. So it's there's a lot of different elements to it. But as long as that circle was happy with what I came out with, I was fine. I didn't expect to wake up the next morning and see 100 downloads. Like, hey, your, your podcast is going really well. But, you know, that's kind of where I kept it. And, and yeah, that's a, I mean, we can definitely talk a little bit more about my podcast. But, yeah, to answer oh, your yeah, question. Yeah, we do. That's why we're talking about it yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to answer your question holistically. Yeah, I started it about, I would say, six, six weeks ago. So I would say the beginning of April, end of March, uh, around there. Okay. Yeah. So that was all about, uh, so you're, you're, you started it because of your siblings. Yeah, that's, that's the awesome. main reason. As long as I didn't care if, if it only downloads or the only people who listened to it was just those two, those seven or those six uh, and my dad. Um, but that was that was my main purpose. And if I if I got them to listen to it and they found value, then I fulfilled that purpose and I'll keep coming out with more. Um, so but the fact that I'm, you know, I'm super humbled that there are people that are attracted to it. You know, like, hey, man, this is good stuff. You know, well, I want to be honest, it's like, yeah, that's cool. You know, yeah, so. well, that, yeah, because, uh, well, I, I have done, um, I started a few years ago. So for mine was about intuitive work. It's about uh, giving um, information to people or messages. Uh, and in the series, I started actually, uh, because I talked to coaches, I talked to different people, I started to do that series, which is where we're talking today is business breakthrough. And it's for people to hear different stories. Yeah. How did you how people got it started? What are their biggest challenges they face during that as well? Because in the, the younger generation, I'm going to say grandma here is speaking. <laughs> there is an idea for the millennial generation and the youngest one that everything comes like a drive through, I'm going to go place my order, I'm going to pay and I'm getting it right away without a problem. And it's like, yeah. no, you're going to roll up your sleeves. You're going to be challenged. Your faith, your beliefs, your tenacity, your stubbornness going to be challenged by setback, by everything you can ever think of to see if you keep going. And a lot of people don't realize that or they're assuming I'm going to be like Zuderberg. I'm going to be billionaire by tomorrow morning here from America. <laughs> or I'm going to be the next Elon Musk. Elon Musk, like, I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and, by, and by Twitter. 
Yeah, once you said Zuckerberg, I'm like, or yeah, Elon Musk. Yeah, we're going to go with Elon <laughs> or the Steve Jobs or uh, the Jeff Bezos. And I'm like, yeah, but do you realize those guys work behind the scene very hard? They started with, no some started with nothing. Some had no idea what would be tomorrow. They were broke and they made it, but they don't tell the story. And, yeah. and the problem is, is I want people to hear the behind the scenes, realizing it's not all roses and bonbon and caviar and champagne. No, nobody <laughs> came with a Rolls Royce and took me away. No, it was uncertainty. It's going into the unknown. And like, what the heck am I doing? Am I doing the right choice? Am I really crazy to do what I think? You know, following my uh, God feeling, my spirit just saying, okay, let's move forward. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? It's the unknown. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know <laughs> what's going to be the paycheck coming or not. But having the faith and the beliefs that I can make it because I know deep inside of me, it's the right thing for me to do. As crazy that it sounds, no yeah. certainty. Everything is uncertainty. No bearings, nothing. Yeah, your mind is very is very powerful. Um, it's a very powerful mm -hmm. tool, and the kind of what you said that belief in what you in your craft and whatnot. It can. No one thought they can run under a four minute mile until the first person did it, yes. and then after the first person did it. It probably yep. took two weeks until the next person did it yeah, <laughs> because they exactly. saw that it was fine. And back to what we were see, what we were talking about, a lot of us are victims to what we see versus yes. what we believe. And yes. um, honestly, that, that belief factor is a lot more important, in my opinion, to help you push. Kind of what you said, it went, everything is going to go wrong. It, it, it's going to be what, what determines your success is. Are you still there afterwards? That's, yes. that's what's going to determine your success. Exactly. And even setbacks or what people feel as failure, because for me, failure, no setbacks. You took the wrong path, the wrong, you opened the wrong door and you get slamming in your face. Well, that's OK. <laughs> it's a learning moment. So you're learning from it. Like, like you said earlier, you have to step back and realize, OK, what did I learn? And it's mm -hmm. like, OK, if this doesn't work, then there is another path. I'm not seeing it right now. I need to step back and that door will show up. Right mm -hmm. now, I may be in a fight or flight mode, trying, don't know what tomorrow's going to be. So I'm freaking out. I don't see. Then when I come down, be centered, I'm like, oh, this is right there. And that's how you go. But it's the determination and it's the beliefs on what you're doing, even if you don't see the result right away. And I think in the society we're in, we're so conditioned, our, the younger generation is so conditioned that everything should happen now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying too. like when I first started, I had to like I was in that culture where, you know, and it is a culture situation, you yes. know, um, in America, I would say like my mindset was not the same mindset I was here. I didn't you know, and it's sad because you see a lot of issues derived from those that mindset, like mental issues. Yeah. And it's really terrible, you know, because somebody truly feels like they can't do something and yeah. uh, they can't make a change for themselves. And that's that's the sad part. Well, and the other thing, too, like you said, is if somebody doesn't encourage you around you, then you have to be strong. Uh, when I was mm -hmm. younger, I'm still uh, sharing that story, actually. Um, I, I, I didn't want to write and read. And that's a true story. I refused to do that. That was my, tea, my one of my sisters who taught me. 
it's kind of sad isn't it no it's not <laughs> I, I didn't know like, you're like, <laughs> like this is... you're like what is wrong with you no no i, I, I was looking i'm like well this is interesting i i want to know where this is where this is going because yeah, i didn't going? hear this story too <laughs> no you never heard that story but i talked about it on some of my podcasts that you know how to overcome and not listening and listening to the the, the sound of your own drum and uh, when I was moving forward uh, at schools, then we were extremely poor. We are not rich at all. We are poor, very poor. And there is a, um, what do you call it? A retired uh, teacher. And I'm talking retired teachers that looks like more in the fifties or forties, like the old style that you will look way long time ago. <laughs> decided to, uh, and that's a true, true story, decided that to all of the poor kids around the block, she would make it uh, her duty to teach them and, and after school, okay, tutor. And uh, I had to go through that. And uh, one day she looked at me with a very, very solemn expression on her face. I said, oh, somebody died. Oh, wow. And she said, no, no. (laughs) She looked at me and she said, I'm sorry. I tried everything and I cannot help you. No. Oh, wow. Okay. And in my head, the first thing said, oh, crap. Mommy Dera is going to kill me right there. I did not care what she said because I did not believe her. I'm like, what you say is not what I got in my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm going to succeed at what I'm going to do. I'm not going to wait for you, sister. And I was young. I was um, maybe 10. Yes, I'm 10 years old. My worry was more mommy dearest was going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Well, mommy mm-hmm. dearest wasn't happy when she learned that I was hopeless. Basically, I was ready to go. I would have listened to her. I was ready to go to the, even working in a factory with another work. I think I would have been just go straight to the recycle bin. And I'm like, great. <laughs> well, listening to people like that, in my little fire spirit said, uh-uh. no, 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 no. I pass, wave at you and I'm going to stay polite. But I was say, a few people, I'm going to go and do whatever I want to do. What you got to do, right. Mm-hmm. What you got to do. But a lot of people being influenced by their outer conditions and the people around will lose that fire in them and believe mm-hmm. those people. I would believe her. I will not be here today. I would be somewhere being miserable because I would... Uh, take that those words to heart and i never did i was i remember i will always remember looking at her with a solemn face and mine i was I'm like oh i'm gonna be a big dude and I'm like, yeah it, it's so important that what she i mean i mean that's awesome uh, it's a it's an incredible story to kind of hear and kind of hear your perspective on it too like you know it it the situation changes when you believe other yes. people and what yes. their perspectives are on you when they when you believe in other people what they say about you, that's when you feel that you can't do it because, you know, the other people are right about you. You're, you're not uh, as good as a person you, you think you are. You're not incredible stuff. I, I think uh, that's something that's good. I, I know I know I'm on as a guest here today, but I feel like I'm learning from you with, with, all, <laughs> with, with, all, with, with what you're getting, getting me. So that's well, awesome. You know, it's it's passing the message to people and said, if you let the outer condition and the people dictate who you are, that becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. You don't have to fight them. I looked at her. I could kill this because I knew deep in me. I, I can see myself. I can see being her dining room. <laughs> and I'm watching <laughs> her right now. And I'm like, oh, crap. Trouble's coming. Yeah. In my head, I was like, no, it's not true. I will be somebody. I'm going to do some cool things. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to do it. And I did. And every time I encounter a situation like that where somebody was saying something like that, 
I never believed in them. Yeah. Never, because they believed in me. And I, I, through the years, I learned more stuff by doing what I wanted to do, what I wanted to learn, what inspired me. The problem in school, I was bored on some of them. I could care <laughs> less about some stuff. Yeah. Then I got interested on history. I interested on other things that really brought my skill set up and running. St- uh, learning is a great thing. You don't need to have a bachelor. You don't need to have a PhD. There is people who don't have bachelor. They don't have PhD. They are freaking geniuses, autodidact. Yeah. They have running business like there is no tomorrow. But it's the inspiration they got to do it. I learned more every job than I had. I expanded actually my my job. I don't know. I'm like a cat. I expanded. I don't know how. But I <laughs> always learn from others. I always ask questions to understand how company works, what they do, and how we affect one another. Yeah. A lot of people don't ask, and I always been curious. The knowledge I acquired has been on the job in understanding how company works, how people do things. And to me, that interested me as well. That gave me the drive to do it. So for me, if you don't feel like you're, you know, you're, you're not meant to go to university, that's fine. There is great trade school you can use. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of things you can do. Like you said, you were selling jeans. And all of a sudden you said, okay, I'm going to put myself to school and do something else because there is something better out there for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to me, it's critical when you're listening to what people are saying, but these the beliefs. What do you believe? Do you believe in yourself or not? Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm right there with you a hundred percent. Um and yeah, um the jeans days, that, that was a tough days. So <laughs> yeah, but you <laughs> learn a lot from that. You learn oh, how yeah, to I talk learned. to customers, you learn mm-hmm. how to deal, you know, you know the the, the worth of the money. Because I think you went through like me, you went, you go through a process to appreciate it, what it is to just make barely hands meets. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. people don't have that quote unquote luxury to learn this. They're going to go from zero to oh, right there and spend money unwisely and do things that they're going to later on. You know, when you go high very quickly, you can fail down very quickly. Yeah, but crash you, very quickly. Exactly. But when you learn and you work hard at it, then you appreciate what you got and you take the time when you make your, you know, your first big check. What am I going to spend on? As I'm going to spend it (laughs) unwisely, I'm going to do something totally stupid and burn it. Or I'm going to be wise enough. Yes, I'm going to splurge myself and make myself happy for five minutes, but I'm going to utilize for something else as well. Mm -hmm. We always see how people are based on how they spend their money when they start to make a good living or, or whatever they're going to be doing. And mm-hmm. to me, going through hardship is a great school because it teaches you so much more about who you are and the life lessons you do and what, how you come out of it. Yeah. I was just going to say how the, the result, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, most of these situations, they push you to do real life things. And you can't really, you can't really learn real life experiences until you go through it sometimes. And, you know, the way that you come out of it does definitely make uh, show exactly who you are. And, you know, um, uh, that's kind of why when I, when I go through like elements of my podcast or when I go through like elements of, um, you know, my business, I try to bring in those experiences so people can understand it 
for for them to take from it it's it's different even you even in a podcast interview um it's different to kind of just like ask questions and let them but how how am i asking a question so i can extract those experiences so people can can listen to it or maybe i'm working on a client uh, business how am i extracting my experiences so people can learn from it whether it's monetarily whether it's setting up your 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 company for success later on uh, because it's those experiences that do translate into success in the long run. Absolutely. I agree with you. So, but that's, that's great because your experience wasn't, you know, you went through trials and tribulation. You will continue. We all do. We all going to be faced with our trial and tribulation, no matter what. We cannot yeah. pass by those. Unfortunately, I wish we could or get the shorter list. And I always said to Ingress, can you give me the shorter list? And he's like, yeah. oh. I'm like, really? <laughs> I don't want to go the all long haul. I want the shorter version that would make it easier for me, but it's not happening. So what are you have been your big wins? Because we talk about some of the challenges you 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 had, but what are your biggest wins? What what did you really um what would you said uh you got a good experience with the clients? something that was amazing or something that started maybe a little strange or a wire that didn't go the right direction and came up with something totally unexpected and great. Um, so I have a different approach on wins. Okay. Uh, I think, I think some of, uh, I mean, I, we could talk about like biggest wins, like, you know, the things that make you feel good, right? Like somebody leaves a five-star review or somebody, you know, no. stops, yeah, that's nice. But I'm th thinking more at the level of working with them and realize that they were a big win. Like uh, you did something that you would not even think you would have, been, the result would have been different and uh, more at that level because the five star, that's to me is a staple, staple of who you are, what your business that's is, a good and point. the trust. But I'm thinking more uh, going through, you know, working with clients or in general with your company, the direction you're going and uh, what are the big wins? Because maybe you didn't have thought that you would have been able to push your company the direction you did. Maybe you thought at the beginning it would go that direction, but somehow you take a little curve and even end up somewhere even better. Yeah, yeah, no, that yeah, I'm, I'm glad you clarified that. I would, I mean, honestly, I think the the different approach of how I look at wins would probably um, um, answer the question too. I take every, I take, I really do, look at smaller wins like I, mm -hmm. I my my mindset has really changed from instead of looking at the bigger picture like think about the color you're painting right now and how can you how can you come away with the win from that so all of my smaller wins really come at every project that I've worked on um, and just trying to understand the glass glass has half full uh, analogy like it sounds weird that you know I don't have like a specific you know situation but you don't have a true I, I truly do look at like the minute details of winning. Like, mm -hmm. um, am I up on time? You know, did I, did I sign into the computer on time? It, am I doing the right plan for this customer and bringing it back to them? And, and they say, Hey, Alex, I didn't even think about this strategy. This is Here an we awesome go. strategy. Those are big wins in my book. Yeah. And, and, and it's those, cause all of those together consistently, to me is the big win It's uh it's being able to um you do, finish the painting you know if you I, I love this when you go on youtube they have a whole bunch of time lapse videos right yeah where you see people painting something but you only see them painting one one area mm -hmm. but you know that one area they're painting that's a win and it yeah. all contributes to the bigger the bigger picture so that's kind of how i look at wins you know um and 
the I do want to talk about that too because there's an expectation with that, right? And looking at wins in that in that lens, the expectation is that you have to win win everything, and um, you have to win multiple times a day, and that could be very overwhelming if you think that way. And sometimes you don't win, but what did you learn? Going back to the <laughs> the question at the beginning, and how could you improve on that process? So you know, you can max master your excellence. And it is, it truly is the little things in my, in my book. And I think that's very well said in my book right now, what you're saying, because to me, a big win is being able to continue to master your craft and make it easier and easier. Yes, there are going to be challenges, but at the end, you see the growth and what you have learned. The maturity that comes out of it is to me a big win. It doesn't yeah. need me to to say, oh, I won an award of 10,000 or 10 million <laughs> on a company. It's more about the journey you're taking in and realizing how much growth you're getting and being able to, from going from one client to another, see how the process and how your intuition works, how yeah. you, what people were said, your gut feeling, but how your intuition on doing the campaign, on coming up with idea, you think being able to really use your creativity, especially mm-hmm. when you're talking digital marketing, you think creativity, you're thinking, okay, somebody is going to think outside of the box because that's what about marketing is, is thinking outside of the box. So being, in, being able to do that naturally more and more, that's how you realize you're becoming a master in your own craft, in your, in your finesse, your own skill set. To me, those are big wins because when you're appreciating how you're functioning and how more smoothly you function from the beginning that when you started it to where you are today, you should see the difference. Even six months ago, even three months ago, you're looking around and it's like, holy moly, yeah, I have shifted some of the way I'm thinking or doing things to make it even better and see the improvement you're doing every single day. Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. And, you know, um, when it comes down to it, too, I I love the fact that you said, hey, when you close a big client, right? I think Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is, yeah, that's a big win. But in order to close a big client, you have to do the little things the right way. Um, And that's kind of how granular my process goes into making sure that I am on task, making sure that I am continuing to grow. Um, I have study sessions. I still have study sessions every week, at least two, four hours. Um, and you would think like, hey, you know, Alex, you, you, know, you got clients, you got your business. Why are you study, still studying? There's never, you know, that's how you build your craft. You know, that's a win. You know, being able to sit down for two hours and learn something I didn't know. Well, it's going to turn, turn into a situation where I'm, I'm trying to find things I don't know. Um, or maybe I'm going through the week and I write it down and say, Hey, I don't know this. This is going to be part of my learning, uh, module at the, at the end. So all in all, I say, I say this to say this is that winning for me comes small. It comes very granular. It comes in the details. Um, and I really do stress the details. I'm very, uh, about that because I know at the end of the day, a painting isn't just, you splash a bunch of color on, on a white canvas. It's just, it's the details in the minute um, accuracy in all of the small sections in your corners to make the full picture beautiful. And I agree with you with that. Totally agree because that's how your arts and your mastering continues. The learning is an, uh, a key because even you might, after a while, when you're going to be saturated with the digital, you're going to expand to something else to just continue to expand your knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's 
modern highly possible. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot know it, but uh, by listening to you. But I find it very wise the, the, what you're saying as well, because I believe that the more you continue to learn, the better you're open. And even if you're a master in your own field, and I say that for years, you can be a master in your own field, but you're still a student of life. And that's what it's all about. Continue to learn. You can decide to stop. But for me, it's continue to learn and do different things and open the doors to more creativity and even being able to probably merge some other areas than you would not think that, you know, not, not maybe marketing, but being able to merge them and do a hybrid, do other things and be more creative and expanding the, uh, the way you're doing digital marketing and stuff like that. So I think it's amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, I, lo- I love the conversation. We have a great conversation. As I said, I don't prepare any question. I just ask the first question I always ask is, how did you guys start it? And we just start the conversation from there. So, but I just uh, love it. I love about the podcast. Um, what is the next things you're going to be doing for you? What are you working on? Uh, because you talk about the internship, you talked about your podcast, but what other projects are you working on maybe outside of your digital marketing? Ooh, outside of my digital marketing, what projects am I working on? Um, um, there's there's a couple of them. <laughs> if, you can share, if you can share them, okay? It's yeah. up to you to decide to share them or not. <laughs> no, I, I want to. Uh, I mean, this, uh, my mind is always always moving around in, in different in different ways. Um, you know, I want to do um, a lot of community building. So I've been in recent talks in starting Little League sports uh, at nice. a local church. Um, I've been in talks with doing some of, uh, doing some of that and just kind of inception. Uh, so that's outside of uh, digital marketing, but I want to set it up to where, you know, some of the kids at church can could play with uh, their little league in, in, in other churches. And that be- becomes a non-for-profit networking opportunity for nice. churches to grow and mm-hmm. to be able to help themselves. So through through sports, uh, I yeah. love sports. So that's something that I've I've definitely want to attack um, and probably, you know, a couple of years down the line. Uh, I have talked to my fiance about opening a coffee shop. I think that would be pretty cool. So, I'm, I mean, when it comes down to like it, like that. some of the, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really simple. Like I don't, you know, coffee shop, some, some little league sports that, mm-hmm. that would definitely do it. Um, so those are projects outside inside um, is really pretty much what we've talked about. I think one of my main focuses inside for this year is making sure I get that internship program ready to yes. roll. Um, and the webinars have already been, uh, in, in process for launch. So I'm super excited about that. And then this podcast, I hope to, you know, keep, keep it going and be able to help other people. But, uh, biggest project this year would absolutely be making sure I get those interns to roll uh, and make an impact in the community that way. I love it. That's, that is wonderful. And I think it will make a huge impact. And I think other companies should be doing it because it helps if you're thinking about it. You, you know, if you want to become a surgeon, then you're going to go and practice. You're going to have to go to school, but and you do internship as well. And I think it should be related to every single yeah. single uh, jobs as well. So people have a studying and understanding how it works, because again, you can go to school as much as you want, but when you go in the working environment and it's totally different, it's, and it's a kind of a shock for some people too. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> 
well, but this is what I learned at school. Well, but this is real life and this is how we work in this company. So mm, that maybe, here, here, you know, yeah. Here's here's what I'll say about that. Uh, I think you brought up a really interesting point. Um, I've been in situations where I've gotten jobs um, and I've been fired from those jobs because, quote unquote, I was overqualified. Right. And the disparity of understanding from a business standpoint what you need as a business and then going out and hiring the wrong person is just shows how much business owners or just business to business professionals don't understand the nature of digital marketing and how much digital marketing isn't implemented from an intern standpoint. And that's one of the main fixes that I want. And kind of back to what you're saying, I had to experience that by getting fired. You you hired a digital marketer or a digital marketing specialist with this type of background, but you didn't understand what this background brought with them. So now I'm overqualified and now I'm being fired. Didn't make sense to me. And by insulating both sides and saying, having partnerships with business owners that need digital marketing and being able to teach the interns, I can now pass them off and say, hey, this person is not an entry level person. He spent six months with me. This is all of the results. Here's my sign off on the hours. This is the person I'm giving to you so they can actually grow and have a salaried career right out of high, uh, not high school, college. <laughs> It'd be yeah, great well. out of high school, but <laughs> out of college. Um, but um, yeah, exactly. But that's, 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 I just wanted to point that out because that I think it is important to, to hear that and kind of like my perspective of why uh, well, this program should be put in place. I agree, but I have to share a story because me, uh, because I'm a consulting person and I did contracting job. I have some of them, they felt that I was, uh, they didn't hire me because I was overqualified. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm glad so you, you said that because I you were overqualified. I did not get hired because I was overqualified. I'm like, really? So you're going to hire somebody that's going to give you a underqualified. <laughs> I was over. Yes, exactly. I'm like, do you realize I can do the job for you? You don't even have to ask. And I'm a consulting person. I can do it better. You don't have to waste your time. And you're going to go with somebody who is not qualified and you're going to give yourself a headache. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. I had a couple of times saying, you're overqualified. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm qualified? I'm glad I'm glad I met someone. I'm glad I met somebody else that has some of the same because I, I tell you when I when they let me go, I called my family and it was so it's so bizarre. I was like, hey, um, I don't have a job. Like, what happened? I'm like, I got fired. What did you do, Alex? It's almost like I did something. I'm like, hey, look, exactly. honestly, I just showed up to work on time. And they called me and said, We're gonna let you go because we don't think that we think you're overqualified. We don't think that this is gonna be best fit for you or something. I'm like, isn't it crazy? Yeah, I'm like, I, I was so confused. It was silent over the phone. And I oh. think the funny the funny thing oh. about that was, you know, they feel the silence by saying, you know, yeah. we want to leave on good terms. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, you want to leave on good? I'm just so I'm still caught back at the fact that I'm fired for being too good. <laughs> exactly. What do you expect? What do you, what do you want? Somebody to just, I don't know, uh it's still breathing. You just want a person that breathes, that saves yeah. the job. I'm like, I'd rather have somebody who's overqualified to do the job and expand because you grow in that in those roles. It's not mm. like you're defined because one of the things people understand, and that's why everywhere I went, I expanded the role, even though I wasn't looking to expand the role, but I was able to move into other things. And for yes. me, if you have somebody who has great qualification, maybe they didn't want it to pay. 
That's what I'm always thinking. And sometimes it's like, well, if you say you're overqualified, don't you want to pay? I'm just fair market price. I'm not going to charge you 10 times more. <laughs> fair market. You get some free. Well, I always do. I always said to people, it's fair market price. The way I know what my worth is. And yeah, I that's, the, that's, the, that's a good language right there. Fair market because you, know? you know what your worth is. <laughs> exactly. I'm not. Some people will say, well, I'm worth $100,000. And it's like, no, you're not. Maybe 50, <laughs> but you're not 100000 it's like, no, you need to know your, your fair market. But I found it quite interesting that I met somebody. Like, See, Alex, you were meant to, to meet. I wasn't. They didn't hire me because I was overqualified. I'm like, how on earth can you say that to somebody? I'm a consulting person. Yeah. Take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. The price is not changing. Take advantage of it. And I'm like, no, I'm like, sometimes it's insecurity. I'm thinking some people are insecure. Are like, oh my God, that person can think more than me. They want my job. I'm like, I don't want your job. i I just want the contract and i'm in and out i'm done yeah but this is extraordinary they would uh fire you because you're overqualified it's it's still one of the changes and i you know honestly we talked about a lot of subjects in this podcast here today and i think um that just it's a testament to say because when i came out of that i almost believed that maybe i was just too good to get a job and then it almost brought my mood down. It's very weird to think that, but kind of going into it and saying, yeah. you know, maybe it, if they if they didn't want me, that means I can get something better. And that's where I shifted my mindset from that exactly. too. And I went and got something better. So, yeah. And, it, and, and it's why when you go through the process or you get fired or uh, you're not being hired, think about this. Uh, generally going to get fired is because you're not meant to be there. And it's time for you to move to something else, to move up. And, when you're in those uh, situations, you're like, you feel the end of the world just collapse. Everything collapsed in front of you. And Armageddon showed up and you're like, oh, crap, I'm going to have the ride from hell. Actually, <laughs> change, change. But that's true because people are like, you know, you're shocked when like for you, it's like, okay, give me. Yeah, it, me it caught me off guard. Caught oh, me off yeah. guard. <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with you people? But really? I'm like. But it's to give you an opportunity to say, okay, universe is saying, okay, you, you're done with this. This is not for you. You're meant to do something else different, move up. And that's the opportunity for us to do it. But sometimes when we're cut off in all of those hoot nanny land, you're like, what? Yeah. Like, yes. You will, like you said, your spirit will be brought down and it's kind of sad. And you're like, oh my God, am I that good? Or what? Yeah, nobody's going to hire me because they fire me or they don't want to hire me because I am I have too much. What do you want me to shred my resume? Do you want me to lie? Do you want me to really undersell Mm -hmm. myself? No, I'm not. This is who I am. So somebody's going to hire me or like you did, you created your own business five years ago. Yeah. uh yeah yeah i was doing i've been doing marketing for about five years my business was established uh officially uh last year okay but you've been doing it for five years and you- yeah so okay so let me ask you that question what makes you decide to create your own company uh the change uh the change in demand so you know obviously i started off with a small circle i thought that was the best thing to start off with do I know friends? Do I know family who have businesses that I can, you know, um, actually do this for? And once that small circle starts to expand and say, hey, Alex can do this. And then somebody else says, oh, really? Can I, let me, can I get his number? And then now I'm, it goes from to helping two people to four people and then four people to eight people until it came to a point where 
I got uh, probably about one or two, if not three inquiries consistently came, coming in monthly. Um, that's where I was like, all right, let's let's do this LLC, because honestly, it's going to be the safest option for me. Uh, yes. When it comes down from a financial perspective, you want all those records and taxes to be all taken <laughs> care of. You know, I'm no longer just doing it for a friend. This is like yeah. now it's something that's and going not, not to not only this, but liability wise, when I started, mm. I put my LC together because I went like, well, I don't want if anything happened to do not have my house, to do not have my car anymore. So we need to protect my own exactly here as well and protect myself. So it's better to start your own LLC. And that's that's exactly that's, what I did. Exactly. OK, well, that's good to know, because we didn't mention, you know, we, I, I asked you how you got it started at the beginning of the conversation, but I did not ask you how actually you move from the marketing to your own business and the demand and how you create it. So you started with your circle and it expanded naturally because word of mouth referrals and everything. So it's expanding. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, and. I went through an insulation process, too, and um, insulating your business is making sure that you have a you're, you're actually protected by having a full time job in the same category. So um, it's something that people do. I chose that route to where yeah. I said, hey, I want to be employed as an SEO manager at a digital marketing agency. So I understand from an experience standpoint, what is it that I'm missing? And yep. how to apply it to Aubain Digital Marketing. Yes. Um, and that insulation kind of helped me to where I didn't have to feel like I had to bring up a whole bunch of startup cash uh, to start the business. I was properly getting an income and learning from people who have already started their agency uh, and how I can do mine. So it, 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 that, that whole process itself, I really took the way of learning, learning, experience, experience, and then bam, I'm ready to open the LLC. Which is great to hear because I always mention to people in my podcast that you don't have to quit your job and just say, hoo-hoo, people, I'm going to start my business. You can start your business on the side. I call it as a hobby. I, call, I use the word hobby so people don't freak out. And it's like you start it on your side and then you let it grow. And it's going to come to a point that it's going to match and go above your salary. And it's like, okay, it's time for me to just transfer my attention fully on my business and continue to take it off. And absolutely, one of the wisest and the safest way to do it. And a lot of people don't understand. They're thinking, oh, I'm going to quit my job. And by tomorrow morning, I'm a millionaire. I'm like, well, no, maybe it's going to take two, three, four, five, maybe 10 years before you get where you need to be. Yeah, the insulation process. I think the biggest part of that is being able to match your career. So yeah. I wasn't going to go back and sell jeans, right? I, I was going to get something that actually matched what my career road, road was. Yeah. So I purposefully and intentfully looked for SEO manager jobs yep. uh, because I want to see how corporations are running it now. And basically, I don't want to say stealing the information, but basically being an inside spy, right? You're in there. Well, you're learning, yeah, from those you're learning so much and you can take that information and apply it to your own business. And that's how you have to do it. And um, isn't it, did they treat it as a conflict of interest or not? Just by curiosity, are they okay because you got your own business? No, no, they didn't treat it as a conflict of interest at all. As a matter of fact, I was very upfront and honest with them. Um, um, hey, I'm here to learn. This is what I have uh, going on the side. And I think this would be a great opportunity for me to build, continue to build this business. And they, they saw that as a plus, you know, yes. um, I think my experience in 
being fired for being overqualified helped me with that interview because <laughs> I came in and I came in, I just came in straight. I was like, Hey, this yep. is what I have. This is what I'm trying to do. Can you help me? And they're like, Oh, with your experience. Yeah. You could, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And then that's how it went, it went from there. So um, yeah, to answer your question, there was no conflict of interest. They were super happy that I was able to bring my experience and my perspective in. So, yeah. And you know what? It's an amazing company because not a lot of company will do that. No, no, no. And that's fantastic. <laughs> that to me, it's an opportunity to learn from those guys, and those guys are more than willing to share their knowledge. It's unbelievable. So that is great. I am so happy. You know, we are like close to two hours, believe it or not. Do you believe? Yeah, it? you said it was gonna happen like this. We're just gonna yeah. talk and before yeah. you know. <laughs> I know. I told people, you know, I I'm trying to short it down to an hour, but I'm like, no, with Alex, it's gonna be two hours. We'll be just fine. It was fun. Yeah, I didn't and, feel pressured and, or anything. Like that. No, there, there is no, and a lot of people don't realize that time's flying with me when I do when I do conversation like that, and it's like, yeah, it's like, no, we're just talking. We're we're going deep and we can spend four hours or six hours talking, but it's Saturdays and our families probably wants to just say, no, we're not. It's <laughs> done with your conversation. Enough is enough. But what I would like to do is one, uh, can you provide us your website and how can we connect with you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can, pr you can find me on my website. It's aubainedigitalmarketing.com. Aubain is spelled A-U-B as in boy, A-I-N as in daddy. All of my social profiles have the same name too. So it's pretty simple. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Aubain Digital Marketing. So uh, all the same name there. Or you can just go on Google and uh, do that. I'm super open. So if you find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, just chat with me. Uh, I can uh, go back to any of my messages. And if I don't get back to you within a day or so, then you know something's up. So I try to keep up with everybody that responds to me. So, uh, yeah, all band digital marketing. That's exactly where you'll be able to find me and learn more about what I do. For your podcast, where can we hear, listen to your podcast? Is, is it in a specific platform? Do you, where? Where can you, we find your podcast? You can actually find my podcast or the homepage of my podcast on aubaindigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast. I'll okay. take you to all of the episodes. Um, I've got to update it to make sure it's there. But uh, really right now, as far as your podcast listening app, we're we're everywhere as far as like the main platform. So we can you can listen to it on Audible, which is uh, Amazon, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, RSS feed. So we're, we're, Spotify. we're pretty Spotify. Spotify is on there too. So we're pretty, yep. I'm pretty out there. And um, the podcast name is a solution by Aubain. So really, if you just type in my last name, Aubain, um, you'll find my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Good. I want to make sure people can listen to it. I do know that uh, in case people don't know, uh, oh, kind of a reminder, because we said it earlier, I did an episode with you and it's going to be coming up. Um, next week actually this week coming up next week yeah yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be coming up uh this this coming week uh you i think it's gonna be 21st or 20 i gotta look at the calendar yeah, there's a couple episodes gonna, in there and today's i'm beating him to it because by the time you're listening this that would be a few days before actually our, our first <laughs> conversation so we're going reverse just to let you know this is like kind of part two of the conversation but uh <laughs> the first conversation is on your podcast so that's fabulous 
So we get all that information. I will put it into the description, actually, um, your website uh, and information where they can find you on the Thank description you. of this podcast so people will know. And I will uh, post this one as well on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook outside of the 30 plus platform that I don't know, people, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm amazed that, and you're going to realize that uh, for your podcast, um, when I started it, first of all, it's on Podomatic because it was the first, actually Podomatic is the first uh, company who created podcast. I didn't know that when I picked it up, don't ask me. It's like <laughs> universe gave me there. I'm like, okay, I'm putting it there. Then they had about 12 different platforms where you can use like iHeartRadio, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. And I realized a few weeks ago, um, yeah, about a few weeks ago, then I went on there and I was, I didn't want, I wanted to give somebody else's my, um, the link. And I went directly and search actually on Google. I found about 30 platform. Okay. I only put it on about 12 platforms. Yeah. I don't nice. know who else is putting in my stuff everywhere else. <laughs> the, it's the universe. Like, I know. It's like, I have no idea that existed. I'm like, what is that? I have <laughs> no idea. So people are, are putting the, and you will realize on yours, you, you put it maybe on one and transfer to other platform. There is some stuff as you go and grow your podcast, that's going to be like, I didn't know that existed. <laughs> it's pretty funny, actually. So, um, but that, that's how I started. It's so on Podomatic. But I will uh, put mine, like I said, everywhere else. People knows where to find it. And um, I will have another conversation with you. Where and when is your um, webinar? How so, can we find this? Yeah, so the web, that's a great question. The webinar um, details will be released uh, by the end of May on my website. So it'll be under Marketing Stack. And you'll be able to sign in using your email and have all of the notifications come to your inbox on the next webinar, um, when it will be, where is going to be virtual. So all of my live webinars will be virtual. I only host um, in-person webinars in my local area of Atlanta once a quarter. So we've definitely talked about, you know, either doing if your listeners, if some of your listeners are in Atlanta, Georgia, this would be oh, awesome. They are. Sorry. I have, okay. I have people, trust me, uh, in the US, trust me, Atlanta, Houston, everywhere. Uh, and uh, unfortunately for the other 80 plus countries, sorry, you're not in Atlanta, <laughs> I'm sorry, you, you, you're not going to be able to see him live, but at least we get those uh, webinars. Do you have a newsletter that people can sign in? So at least we know, because I'm going to probably have to sign in on, uh, if you have a newsletter or something like that on your website. So when you get news like that, how do you generate those news newsletters? That's kind of a simple question I asked. I would say a dumb question, but there is no dumb question, only smart. No, question no, no dumb question. No, no but, dumb question. Uh, surprisingly, I do not have one uh, that is that is created for this. Um, I'm actually partnering with an email marketing company so I can outsource that. And that's where we will be able to get this out by the end of May and have that newsletter consistent. Right now, the way that I kind of, this is actually a pretty good point. I'm glad we talked about this. The way that I do my <laughs> newsletters right now is, is more personable. I just reach out to my client list uh, and make it more personal. Hey, this is what I have going on this week, almost like a, a, a weekly, but it's nothing official to where it's handed off to a, a, another one of my, my coworkers or teammates. Um, so okay. that just goes to show that you don't have to have everything to, to get started, right? You just have to have a plan uh, oh, and follow it. Well, exactly. <laughs> you, you know, I don't feel that as long as you get the base, that's always what I say. When I started my business, I said, 
I got the base. I needed the accounting. I needed the software. I needed to create the website. So I create the base, uh, basically the architecture, the skeleton. And to yes. me, it's more important because I started to crawl before I started to stand up and run. A lot of people don't understand that and make the mistake from I'm on the ground and I'm thinking I'm going to be running, but they don't because they're not doing the right steps. So there is some steps and foundation. If you get a good foundation for your company, then you can move and focus on what you're supposed to do. And a lot of people don't understand that or are not being educated on how to do your foundation. So you got a good, solid company. So for me, newsletters will be good. Yes. And it's in the, in the making and that's what you're going to be doing because I would like to assist and uh, be part of that webinar. Um, Thank and you. Listen, uh, listen to it too. So that's why, are you going to advertise this over LinkedIn or something like that? So we know it's coming. Yeah. You, because knowing me, I'm maybe going to forgot to go and check every single time on your website. Yeah. If there's going to be, uh, I love content syndication, and that's essentially the practice of making sure that your message is is on all platforms. Yep. So it would be if you don't follow me, there's still a chance that you would hear it because probably one of your friends would share it. Right. That's the goal. So, yep. um, yeah, it will be everywhere. Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I even have a few ads running uh, around it as well. My goal for this first webinar is to get uh, at least 100 participants. Um, I love making push goals because even if I'm short of that, I can kind of ask myself, what did I learn? And um, and yeah, so that's that's my goal. My first my first um, webinar is to at least have 100 participants. So I will be making sure I do some mass outreach to get people to know about it. Good. So uh, that's fabulous. So if you want to get a hold of Alex, we give you all of those information or go directly to LinkedIn and uh you can find alex there's and he has a beautiful bow tie and <laughs> do you have a hold on i'm not stalking you at all <laughs> no i think you know i think in my linkedin profile i have the same you do. one yeah, you yeah. Do. and you look very nerdy it's funny and i love it. it's funny it's cute it's not funny funny like haha funny funny for me it's cute all right people yeah but it's very, he looks so nerdy trust me it's very very funny it's cute it's like you get a nice, I like the color of your uh, jacket, actually. It's a beautiful blue. Yeah. It's gorgeous blue. It's the, amazing. So, yeah, you look very nerdy. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't know if that was the look, but I'll take it. You know what I mean? That's awesome. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is awesome. <laughs> hey, it's better than, uh, uh, no, it's awesome. I love it. It's a very, it's, it's you, but it's the nerdy side of you. It's the deep yeah. scientific side of you. Yeah, I, I love that side, too, because like it's I think a lot of it has to come into like, you know, just my maturation process. And there's still a lot of maturity that every, mm -hmm. like anyone can go through. But me being comfortable with myself, like I really wanted when I took those pictures, I really wanted people to see, like, feel that, hey, I'm I am down to earth, but I'm comfortable with myself. I'm comfortable with being the guy that knows a lot about numbers or being the guy this that's is, in the This is who you are, but it's way that's who down. I am. Like I said, the conversation we had is way down to that science that is amazing when you talked about it. It's like a very nice, beautiful symphony when you're talking. Yeah. So Thank you. I we appreciate can, it. We can, no, no, but that's why I said there is a teaching, uh, the teacher within you should teach people because there is a lot of thing content. Like I said, it's like, we want to take what your brain matters is because there's a lot in there that people can benefit and client 
um, student, everybody could benefit. So I can see in a very near future for you to maybe have curriculum and maybe invited in university and talk about it or create your own class, uh, course because the one I took, well, I'm a, a black belt, uh, Six Sigma, the green one too. Nice, congratulations. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I've done that. Well, I've done that for years. And oh, that's awesome. You, let's put it this way. To be honest with you, all of the certificate certification I did, which is hilarious, I never had the time for 20 years to do them. Mm -hmm. But I practiced everything, uh, went from the waterfall to the agile, to the scrum masters, agile leaders, blah, blah, blah. So when COVID hit, I'm like, you know what? It's maybe the opportunity for me to do all of this. And yeah. I did. Um, very quickly, the only thing I'm still stalling on it is the master black belt. I have to write my thesis first. Yeah, a thesis statement to go with that, right? Yeah, and dissertation. Yeah, yeah. You're right, your yeah. thesis, and I have 20 pages to do. I still have not picked up my subject. I had one, then I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to do this one. So <laughs> two, for the past two years, I've been sitting on this one, and I I have to take um, because your your repass basically your black belt. And you have to be more than 80%. I think it's uh, close to 100% to pass that. But you got 90 days to do your thesis. And I'm like, freak, no. I'm going to do my thesis first. So I don't have the pressure of the time. Mm -hmm. And then I will pass the black belt. Then I will uh, send my thesis. So I still have to do the thesis first. And I'm like, oh, I have to do it. <laughs> You'll get it done, though. You'll get it I mean, done. Well, okay, I'm going to get it done for sure. Right? For somebody who could not, who was not useful, who could not do anything, I'm telling you, it's funny. It's like, you know, everything is a good reminder, actually. It's very funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah so I did all of mine. And it was very funny when I did it. I, I'm like, yeah, it's it's very, you know, processes and everything else like that. But I never had the time in the past. I'm like, no, I don't have the time. I'm too busy working, doing things. And then like, oh, <laughs> now I can take the time. And within a month, I passed all of mine. I was laughing. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, 20 years, <laughs> about time to do that. So no, but that was a fabulous conversation. I will catch up with you actually, because um, as we're progressing, I would like to have you back uh, within the next several months, maybe two to three months to see where you are with, with everything, because I'm sure there will be new projects or new things coming up. So do another episode with you to what happened next yeah yeah now? the aftermath yeah <laughs> emma i want to say i really appreciate the opportunity it's been a really fabulous conversation and anytime you want me to, to hop on to to uh to do another podcast or another interview I, i'd love to have uh to be back on so that's that's awesome i would love that because i believe that you get more to talk about the digital marketing and if you have a specific topic on the digital marketing you want to talk about just let me know and I, we can schedule it because yeah we'll, me, we'll prepare for it yeah, you will prepare for it. I'm not. <laughs> I will ask. I will not prepare. You know why? Because if it's too prepared, then it will be not flowing naturally, and I don't yeah. like that. However, if you want to be prepared to talk about the topics, I will let you talk about the topics. And since I will just be fresh from the boat, I will said, "Okay, Alex, I'm going to ask questions." Okay. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah that sounds yeah, like a yeah. plan for sure. <laughs> yeah, but let's do that. Okay, let's let's check up and uh, uh, circle with each other in maybe two to three months to do another episode, definitely, and pick a subject on, on the digital marketing you want to talk about. And let's do that. I love it. I'm right here with you for sure.
Well, fabulous. Thank you so much for participating today on a Saturday. <laughs> But it was a pleasure to speaking with you and we'll talk to you later. Okay? Thanks. Yeah, not a problem, Emma. Thank you. Bye.